0: So we are honored with Wildcard's presence again. This is our last interview with him. Well, no, we got a few more. A few more, not too much. All right. Not too many. The ones that he set set up for us. We'll we'll miss you, Vic. We're going to miss you when you're gone. Yeah, Yeah. man, I tell you.
1: Nice having you here. Leaving, leaving a twinkle in your eye. That's how it goes. Yeah. I got a sock
2: just with your name on it, man. Yeah. I'm
0: always dreamy when I think of Vic. That's right. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. touch that. It's my Vic sock. That's right. I, I think about, I think about that hair. All over that. Me like that. Yeah. 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 We're glad to have Dreadbull
2: start wearing his wig more often. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, wigging my glasses. Hey, we're missing. We're missing the show then. Yeah,
3: we're okay. missing wild card. Dread put on, the wig. <laughs> put on yeah,
2: the wig. Put on the wig. Put on the wig. Come on, it would be, like, be like we're in prison. August fourteenth, um, Robbie Rainey's coming back. He wants to do a horror show with us. So I thought, chop you. You and I Funny. could. um We could think about a good horror topic. Uh, you know, cool, to talk about. I figured, Dreadful, you're not going to want to be here for that. I mean, you're welcome. Yeah, I don't know what
0: I could contribute <laughs> to the horror you know, uh, discussion. Just stream yeah. some stuff real fast. You, you yeah, man, you got a
2: month fast. to watch some horror stuff, man. It's getting...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess I should just, just in, you know, delve into it and immerse myself mm-hmm. in horror you for should. a while. should,
2: right. Oh, I'm going to tell you something about speaking of horror movies. Um, I just rented, it was yesterday, The Black Phone, Ethan Hawke's movie based on Joe Hill's short story. And uh Stephen King's son, and man, that is well worth watching. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, I saw an ad for it.
0: Or it's unavailable. Right is it good? Now? Is it streaming anywhere or yeah, on no, prime. Prime, prime? okay. Because Star- much was it to rent. Was bad. Wasn't good. No, no.
2: But this was excellent. This was just a different take on the whole serial killer kind of thing. And Ethan Hawke is his great performance, like like I've never seen him before in this kind of role. So highly recommend it. I've nice. watched it twice, so
1: I'm going to watch it probably a third time tonight. So, yeah. You must like it. I love it. He's been uh, jerking off to it.
2: Yeah.
1: As <laughs> usual.
0: Doesn't like Saco a good horror next, jerk. Yeah, yeah.
4: To me, yeah.
1: yeah. There's a band called Lurking Corpses. I think they have a song about jerking off to horror.
4: <laughs> I mean, well, he, somebody a, a, the front man <laughs>
1: says something about
2: it. He says, Do
1: you remember when you were in your mom's basement <laughs> watching horror films, masturbating
0: or something? That was awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's oh, a right. good banter right there, man. Well, there's awesome, only man. some they, boobs they were in a... horror movies. Yeah, so. of course. They were there's load. only one. There's only one that I went, and that's the
0: granny. That one chick. Oh, at, yeah. You know, uh, it. yeah. Yes.
2: There, there's a Luther the Geek.
0: Um, you drifted off red red. to a granny He's, in a horror movie? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like He knows
2: no bounds. Milfs are too young. He goes for the gilfs. <laughs> the gilfs, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm chop top, and, and I like the gilfs. I here comes <laughs> right. King. Right. That's right. right. Here he comes King King. Hey, How's King. it going, man? Hi
3: everybody.
0: There he is. Yes. <laughs> I, <went> through, like, <laughs> nice to meet I had you. to call
3: like people in the Soviet fucking uh union <laughs> to get me online. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have the worst I have the worst luck with Zoom. I always have. I always <laughs> use the other one with the S. I forget what it's called. There's another uh, one that a lot of people use now. I, I don't know the name of it. Though, oh,
1: yeah. It. The steam something, right?
3: Or stream. Yes. Yeah, steam cleaner or something. <laughs> <laughs> See, That's it. That's it. <laughs> steam cleaner. Yes. Yes.
4: Perfect, I got in.
3: Yeah. I found the I, I remember my Maxwell smart uh, growing up. Get smart. That's why I'm in. <laughs> nice excellent excellent i need my glasses for this one yeah. I that's right that's right one that's of right. us
2: one of us google gobble <laughs> <laughs> nice man it's it's good to meet you king cheers to you excellent excellent we're gonna have a good time today and uh so i'm really i'm grateful to uh to wildcard for introducing us to uh your music so i uh been listening to it all week and um i really like it so all all three bands that i've heard heard you in deceased october 31st doomstone um yeah so i'm looking forward to getting to know you today
3: hey right i appreciate it definitely thanks and thanks to everybody for uh the support for sure
2: yeah no thanks for being on man so how do you and wildcard know each other
1: king is is, everywhere he is. He's <laughs> everywhere. So naturally, it's impossible not to cross paths with this guy. So I've, I've, I've been to many shows. I'm a massive October 31 fan. So I remember, you know, the first time you guys played Cleveland, which I can't remember the year, but I, I've, I've taken pictures of the power sign that I still have. um from, right. from, when you, from when you tore up the power sign, I had all you guys sign it. I still have it framed down here in my studio. Was, so. that, was that
3: the Lapland Metal Fest? Was that that no, one?
1: Uh-uh, no. Uh I, No, I don't remember who you guys were playing with. Um, I think Crucified Mortals was on the bill, okay. And it was it was at the Foundry. I don't know if it was Hi Fi Club or the Foundry at the time uh, in Lakewood. Um, and then you know you you've I think I you uh, might have had your distro. You had some stuff for sale at one of the Rockers, Maybe it was a festival in in Chicago. I remember. Okay. So I think yeah, you might have. Yeah. Been-
3: um, yeah, that was probably like the one where Oz played.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I believe yeah, I was, so. I think it was, that
3: was that's something 2014, I think, when we did that tour, maybe 13. Yeah, A more about that back then. Yeah, I used to run around with those boxes of distros. That <laughs> was
2: crazy. All those, stuff.
1: all the, yeah. You had you had all the good stuff no one you couldn't find anywhere. Like I, I bought like most of La's Rockets discography from you. Uh, right. That, so that was I loved that. That was I'm very thankful still to this day <laughs> that you had those right for right not having to sell my kidney prices. So uh that that was that was good stuff but the the man's a legend uh in the metal community and um you know just from having followed him on social media I I knew this dude was the perfect fit because you guys think I'm a savant with metal this guy is even like he's like a master level 99 savant when it comes to metal metal and not just metal and horror. So any kind of horror stuff, man, please delve into it with him. Yes. Well, I figured with his, you might learn some things from this man.
2: Oh yeah, that is sure. Um, Well, you know, that's, that's awesome. So um, tell you what, King, we're going to do our intro and so we can get into it and then uh, we'll start nailing this down. Sure. No problem at all, brother. Excellent, man. Have at it. All right. (laughs) Greetings. This is David DePay from Burgess Jail and you are listening
3: to Heavy Metal Horror. Stay tuned for more metal and horror.
2: Yow! I am Montag, Master of Illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Top Top, and this interview's fit for a king, so keep it heavy. <laughs> and dreadful. Wild card. <laughs> and you are watching and listening to... Heavy, heavy.
4: Metal. 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 <laughs>
2: Horror. Horror. Oh, kiddies. Tonight, we've got a great, great show. We want to introduce King Fowley of bands like Deceased. October 31st, and Doomstown. King, welcome to Heavy Metal Horror.
3: Cheers! I love that intro. You guys were great with it. You, you used to throw a little bit of Wizard of Gore in there too. That's great. That's, that's right. Great. There you I got go. The yes. I, got the, I got the Texas Chainsaw uh, relationship too out of that. Exactly. Z, you're one of us, man. <laughs> Bec, I just think
2: we found your replacement. So yeah, yeah. if you want yeah, to totally cool, leave, now it's totally cool, man. Get outski, man. Get outski. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be losing him pretty soon because you know he's got real life. So if you want to come in and join us, <laughs> you go, you're right? welcome. Uh, yeah. All right, well, so, nice. King, let, let's. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your background. Um, when did uh, you first get into music?
3: Music for me basically started about 1974. My my father passed away of cancer in his 20s. Uh, he was real young, and my mom's cool. sister, my aunt, Marlene, she would babysit me a lot. Uh, my mom worked three jobs. Actually, the, the, the county we lived in, Fairfax, Virginia, growing up, They tried to take my sister from my mom saying she didn't make enough money to keep both of her children. Well, my mom proved them wrong by busting her butt and going working three jobs to keep us. But that meant a lot of time with me spending with her sister. Well, her sister was an outcast. She was crazy. She was the running with bikers, crazy type, Led Zeppelin, you know, blah, blah, blah type of girl. But she had tons of music. And I'd go to her her house and I would just start, I guess, about five years old. Uh, I was born in 68. So about five, six years old, um, started going through all her record collection. And I'd look at all the covers and as a kid, just whatever. But I noticed that one of the bands with the Beatles was the band that got me into music. And, uh, it became, I can't even remember this pretty well, that it wasn't so much when the records were on anymore, I, the music was staying in my head. So I'd be somewhere else, there'd be no record playing, but I'd remember the songs in my head. So that's kind of where it all started. But she turned me on to so many types of music growing up at the time. Everything from the Beatles to the Beach Boys, to John Prine, to Led Zeppelin, to the Grateful Dead, um, just the bands of the time, the Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney and Wings was around then too. Stuff like that's what got me started. that's That was the whole uh, gateway. And then um, about 1977, I was at the grocery store. My mom and my grandmother used to always go on Sunday for these two-hour, you know, mom, mom and mom talk. And uh, I would get left around the grocery store trying to find something to do. My grandmother would buy me a roast beef sandwich and one of the 25-cent uh, uh, Grand Union sodas. And that would last about 30 minutes. So I'd try to find things to do. And the best thing to spend time in there was go to the magazine rack so i'm over there looking through football books or hot rod magazines whatever the hell a 10 year old's looking at and i just saw this guy and this will make it easier who it is had blood all over him so i knew then i was just van kiss and i saw cheap trick basically rollers but this thing kept sticking out and cr- nuts to me and i was like kind of freaked out by it because it was kind of spooky to look at him but the other guys were kind of like you know more like not out they were outlandish but he was actually scary gene simmons at the time <laughs> so uh with with me going to a school, my mom's still having to work. You, you know, now you're talking like I'm nine, ten years old. I would say it after school wreck. And it was a guy there named Jeff Pierce who'd watch me. He was probably twenty-two, barely out of high school himself, and he was watching the kids till five o'clock to the parents of the kids that had to stay till then, because their parents worked. Well, one day he said, Man, you ever heard of this band Kiss? I said, Yeah. He goes, Do you like him? I said, I've never heard him. And he basically gave me a note that he wrote it out. It was to some friend of his that was not, he told me to walk across the street of the school property, go up this hill, turn. I mean, I should have done this as this is a third grader. And, uh, I go, I go looking up there and there's this guy, his name's Victor Myers. And he gave me a note for him to give him hit me his kiss record, kiss destroyer. So I start walking back to the school. We're going to play it. And I'm looking at that artwork. and I'm sure you guys are familiar with that cover. And I'm like, these guys are freaking out. I mean, yeah. They're all floating in hell. And I see that guy again, Gene Simmons with
4: that <laughs> freaky look. So
3: I go, we go in there. I go to, it's in, it's in the um, gymnasium, one of these giant, huge gymnasiums for an elementary school. And he pulls out the library, little, uh, phonograph with the speakers on it blah 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 and he starts playing and the first song is Detroit Rock City and as you all know on that one it starts off with an intro about somebody dying going to a concert so here it is again now first it's the blood then it's Gene Simmons and them floating in hell and then it's just this death thing so it's kind of weirding me out (laughs) <laughs> and eventually the music comes on and I'm loving it. It's Detroit Rock City. It's King of the Nighttime World. It's God of Thunder and I'm loving it. And Jeff Pierce said he. Rem- I still know this guy, Jeff Pierce, to this day. And uh, he said I was just head banging like a little kid. And I, that's what that's what got me to. I would call it the heavier stuff. You know what I'm saying? And that was about 1977, 78, right okay. around there. And uh, that that's how I got my gateway into music and into like hard rock slash metal.
0: Okay. Nice. So, nice good story so,
2: yeah i mean I, I, we have very similar stories about when we first discovered kiss um because i was about in fifth grade in uh 77 and someone you know wintertime people would bring albums in to listen to and music and someone brought in like black sabbath paranoid and someone else brought in peter frampton and live and then someone brought this kiss destroyer i'm like Looking at the artwork, going, "Oh my god, yes! This something in it. Something about this guy with the dragon boots. I want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know." And um, then I heard the songs. I'm like, "Oh, it was just like I think I went through puberty. You know that 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 (laughs) winner. Yeah. So, no, that's awesome. So, what what attracted you to metal as a genre? Like, what about it that that makes it so exciting for you?
3: hyperactivity as a kid second grade i remember being in second grade and my mom getting called in and the lady telling my mom your son is very hyperactive he's very aggressive he's just don't shut up blah 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 that was part of it for me so when i got to these bands i always wanted to hear stuff with a tempo to it okay whether it be you know you're going back to like your ted nugent's cat scratch fever like what i call radio metal of the time stuff like jane from jefferson starship or barracuda from yeah this was like that kind of stuff but then i had a friend Uh, named Dan Warden and his brother had all these tapes and we'd go through them. And I remember he was a real hippie type. He'd have America and Crosby, Stills and Nash and all this stuff. And we found this band, Black Sabbath, and we played it. I'd heard it was crazy, but we played it and we thought it sucked. And the reason being is because it was on the song Planet Caravan from Paranoid. Uh, And we just thought it was this, you know, another hippie, uh, blah, blah. It was bullshit (laughs) to us. So it's it's funny how this happens because then his sister had Van Halen won. And we went and put this thing on and we were, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is, this is the kind of crazy shit because Van Halen 1 now was back then was like Napalm death. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, <laughs> crazy. And then, you know, and then you found your, like I said, your Ted Nugents, your Aerosmith, your Kiss, just your, the heaviest of the hard rock, you know? And then for metal, it kind of got to me about late 79. I had a friend named Marcel in school whose brother worked at a hotel at, uh, and got all the bands that came through the clubs he would get them to they come and spend the night and they usually gave him records or something. Just, you know, they started chit-chatting and he got me up the band of the plasmatics. He had a 12 inch by the plasmatics, but your baby, and he was like, here, you're going to fucking love this. And he threw it to me and I looked at it and they were crazy and she was crazy. And I, and I just fell in love with it. So I got lucky there. When I first year of high school, we got into like the Ramones, the dead Kennedys, even though this wasn't metal, it was just aggressive, crazy shit. Right. And then I remember we were somewhere and I, there was a big box of tapes in somebody's car and I reached in and said, I got to have it. It. so i yanked this <laughs> thing out it was a bunch of dubs on it motorhead was on there Saxon and things like that and it just kind of got me going to metal um, as for the you know the the, the natural ones we will call it stuff like rush or you know Judas priest iron maiden all that stuff of the time it just fell in naturally for me i think judas priest i discovered on a sampler record and i was probably about 12 years old for that and in maiden i just kind of bought it all in a day my grandmother bought me both a couple records for my birthday uh, it was killers and then it was number of the beast and i just fell in love with that style and and, and again it does the same you know, circle again, where now as I got into metal, I wanted it to be the craziest shit, which turned into Slayer, which turned into Sodom, which turned into the (laughs) evil of merciful Fate, the craziness of Voivod, War and Pain, just all that stuff. And it just kept going and going. And by then, the natural cycle, I'm a teenager. I got dabbling in drugs and all that shit and just being a fucking crazy guy and blah, 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 blah. So everything was just moving at a tempo that's insane. And then you throw in, you know, the love of horror movies, all that weird shit. And I still say, That stuff I was telling you a couple minutes ago about Kiss, all that morbid shit just kind of floated in there. And it kind of just it just set the tone for me and what I ended up doing with Deceased a little bit later.
1: Okay, yeah, because that was going to be my question is like, how did that kind of uh, come about just for, you know, I'm sure it's a a question you've answered numerous times. How how was that that, you know, progress from being a fan into starting Deceased?
3: Well, Well, my first band was actually a band called Slack Tide which uh, okay. I had a friend I had a friend in school, his name was Bill Ford, and we were both Kiss fanatics, fifth grade, sixth grade, and his dad was one of the higher-ups for Radio Shack, the Tandy Corporation, okay. Wizard and stuff. So we used to go and do these Kiss concerts, which so many bands, people you've probably talked to before, we'd you know, lip sync in the basement with the pool table and the pool sticks out, and we'd be Kiss. But we started learning songs, and I actually picked up the bass. I got this real cheap SG copy bass at the pawn shop, but Bill moved away. And then he calls me one day. and goes, you want to do a concert down here in Savannah, Georgia? And I said, what? He goes, well, I'm starting a band called Slack Tide. We had no band. And I said, what are we going to do, write songs? He said, no, we're going to do cover songs. I said, of what? Mm-hmm. And he gave me the weirdest list. It was Kiss Love Gun. It was Aerosmith's version of Train Kept a Rolling. It was My Sharona. It was You May Be Right, Billy Joel, and Rock and Roll Fantasy, Bad Company. Okay? These were the five <laughs> songs. And we had a guy. I was in sixth grade. And he was He was just, it was right after sixth grade let out, the summer of between going to for us it was junior high was seventh and eighth yeah so between that summer but and i said all right i'll try to learn this i didn't know how to play the fucking bass but i did go and learn pretty good (laughs) i had a friend named andy who was in fifth grade he wasn't a bad guitar player and he learned this shit so our parents let us get on a bus from virginia drive down or just take a bus down to atlanta savannah georgia and uh go down there and do this concert at this little he had like some kind of country club that we played golf and he set us up with all this, you know, Radio Shack type of shit. He was just the master of stuff. And we played and it was fun. We had a lot of people watching us. Then this little girl came out and played keep on loving you from our Speedwiking on piano and <laughs> just stole the show. We wanted to, we wanted to light her on fire.
4: <laughs>
3: but she stole the show, but that was, that was my first band. And then I had, a, then I had another thing called messenger. It had 12 names, but the one I always keep it as is a band called Messenger. And we had a demo in 83 called Fuck You. <laughs> that was the name of the yeah. tape. And I just was getting into Twisted Sister. So it was Turn It Loud. You know, it was all this anthem shit. We had the, the, the tape was Grinding Heads, Turn It Loud. Uh, there was maybe one more on there. But uh, that was kind of what like got me there. But it was all like that. First off, cover songs, then this shit, which was just your buy the book stuff. So what you're asking, like with the morbidness of it, I started putting together this thing. I wanted to do something really haunting and stuff. And the, the horror aspect came from my mother. My mother used to take me to movies when I was seven years old or eight years old, we'd be in the theater seeing Burnt Offerings with Karen Black or <laughs> just any of the movies at the time. It's Alive, all those movies of the 70s. We'd see them all between that and then watching Ch- uh, Channel 7 at uh, after school and stuff before the news came on. They'd always have Let's Scare Jessica to Death or Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, things like that. So I had, I had all this kind of like influence to get me there. So between that and the music, I wanted to speed it up. I wanted to weird it out and all this stuff. I just needed the right people to do this. And I didn't know if I wanted to play drums or bass or what, because I wasn't good at any of it. I hadn't even got to drums yet. But that's kind of where the morbidness of it started. And I'm kind of like from here, you know, I kind of, it kind of falls into place.
0: Nice. You talk about when you're young, you know, being a kid and having all this hyperactive kind of energy and then being a crazy teenager. And I, I would assume, you know, this type of music just is a was a great outlet for all all that excess energy and aggression and stuff have you found that you know as you've gotten older is that is that become is it difficult to write new music or do live shows is the energy is that kind of aggressive energy still there you still able to tap into it or i I,
3: absolutely no i still there's nothing better than we just came off of a tour we just did a tour with the accused on the east coast and it was phenomenal i just turned 54 on july 6th and uh i still love doing it i still have all this anxiety hyperactivity whatever you want to call it inside me Mm -hmm. uh you know back then when i was young a lot of you know i would you know go down that road with the drugs and shit i was a cocaine freak we got caught up in pcp and just drugs of the time we were heavy into that around i would say from like 82 late 82 to about 86 was really bad for us and stuff it was really something i had to i had to beat to stay alive because i got really caught up in cocaine and stuff so there was a different kind of thing I, but the music thankfully saved my life because i chose music over that bullshit you know what i'm saying no. and i'm you yeah. know i'm proud of myself for that i was 19 when i quit completely drugs and uh the music to this day carries me it's basically my it's it's my drug my drug mm-hmm. of choice oh,
1: yeah nice. i can i yeah. can uh i can concur on that uh, that's one he's one of the funnest I've i've ever seen uh just the interactions with the audience <clears> and the straight unadulterated energy uh <laughs> i'm i'm fortunate to have caught you live king because damn man that's that's a hell of a show that's i a love I, you
3: a know, know i'm i'm a, I'm a 315 pound guy and you know and i and i don't stand still i go crazy i've had people come up to me they're wrestling promoters would you love to be a wrestler and man you got all this energy let's do this and that. i'm like nah dude i'm doing this and the thing the <laughs> most of all vic is that for the first, deceased has been around for really 38 years now. I mean, mm-hmm. we spaced 37 from 85, but it was literally 84 without the name. So we've right. been around that long. Those first, until 2002, I played drums and sang. Mm-hmm. Every show, so I was on the drums. I used to say, you know, my butt cheeks are stuck to this fucking drum stool for the first 18 years. So for the last <laughs> it was a 20 now, I've been able to run around and going, yeah, I got to get make up for lost time. It's, it's probably best that when I was, you know, even crazier in my 30s, 20s, early even early 40s, that I was on the drum stool because to be out front and sometimes things get out of hand it shows. You know, I won't take no bullshit from anybody. So it may have been right. a good. I was kind of like prisoned in back there. No, so yeah, I take that Don down.
0: Henley. There you get, right.
4: that's what it and
3: that's how it got to being in the drummer. My friend Marcel, he the one that's uh, brother worked at the uh, hotel, he was going to be the drummer, but he fell in love with this girl and he just kept leaving his drum set there. And they were like, look, dude, you're not very good on bass. I'm like, I ain't no fucking good on drums either, man, but I'll try. And I would go back there. And we figured it was, we needed a beat more than we needed a bass at the time. So yeah. I just started playing drums. And how I even knew how to play at all was my my friend Andy that was in a Slack Time with me. His brother was in a big jazz band from uh D.C. area called All Points Bulletin. And he he was the one that turned me on to all those type of bands like Kansas, Weather Report, Jethro Tull, yeah. Rush, Pink Floyd, all that. But he, and he was the drummer, so he had a big kit in the basement. And when he wasn't home, I'd you know, freak out. One day he called us, and he's like, if you ever want to learn how to play, I can show you. And he showed me some just, you know, your basic stuff so I could get, you know, you're living after me. Midnight beats out and stuff early.
2: Yeah, on. nice. Right. Yeah, well, from one fellow drummer to another, I mean, we are the most important part of the band. So, you know, I right. exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I was,
3: I was double important. It's the singer and the drummer.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's right.
3: You're yeah, the whole I mean, section. Yeah. There is no band without you. That's I right. I know. I, I, still the, I still tell the band, you carry the amps. I'll carry the band. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. See,
2: there you go. That's the way to do it. I want that on a shirt. Um, so in all these years you you must have met some of your musical heroes so can you talk about maybe some of the your musical heroes that you've met and, and what was that like to meet them
3: my well my all-time musical hero the the one that's the top of the list for me is steve harris from iron maiden the man yes. looks the same he acts the same they made it on their own terms they never you know they never licked the ass i call it they never licked anybody's ass to get there yeah, they did right. their own thing um right before covid hit he was over here with the, with his uh the british lions he was at this club about an hour from us. And my wife's like, you're going to go see it. I'm not big on the British lines. It's okay. But she's like, that's your idol. You should go there. Maybe you'll get to meet him. I said, well, I've heard that he's been coming out at shows and talking to people and meeting people. I said, I'm going to go. So I went by myself and I went up there and it was a real it was, it was a real cold night. I think it was January. It was a really cold night. And then they, they played for like two hours. And this fucking club was, I mean, it was drenched, drenched, drenched. And I watched this man, who we all know is worth over $100 million, you know, <laughs> one of the most respected men in music. And I watched this man play two hours with a band that wasn't his main band at a club that held maybe 150 people packed to the hilt. At 1 at one fifteen in the morning, finished playing. Take his bass, take his bass amp, roll it off the stage, like as if it was his first gig ever, okay. go backstage, and people like, Steve's got to be in New York at 4 o'clock. He's not even going to make it there on time. There's no way he's signing anything tonight. I'm like, well, it's understandable. It's fucking late. And I was just standing there, and the guy said, don't go anywhere, man. He, he ain't going nowhere. He's signing for everybody. And so they said he's going to take a five-minute shower. He's going to come out. So he came out, and some guy said he's going to sign two things for everybody here. And almost the entire crowd was still there. I seen guys with pinball machine glass, you know, uh, Paris-type bases and shit. So I got in line, and I went up to him, and I said, man, I've been into Iron Maiden since I was skinny, man. (laughs) (laughs) He starts laughing, and and I just thanked him. I said, dude, you're the real deal. I said, thanks for sticking around. He goes, I wish I could do this with Iron Maiden. I miss this up close with the fans type stuff. If we obviously he could never do that with Iron Maiden but he uh he just was so cool he's like it's always about the punters you know basically the fans and I just said man thank you I said you truly are my fucking idol and I said I'm not one to just give anybody the time of day either with fucking with uh, uh nice words I said you've earned every fucking thing and I just fucking hugged the man and walked away that 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 touched my heart so much cuz it showed me even after I knew it that night that this man was you know that real it wasn't an right. illusion in my mind you know, you meet some of your idols and stuff. I've met some people along the way that are not necessarily. Really idols, just people that people know, and I won't even go into that so much, but that are just they're just pricks, and you see it behind mm-hmm. the scenes. I know Vic seen me talk about it on Facebook before and things. It's just it's just shitty how people can be because like people ask me all the time, Oh, do you, what do you think of your fans? I say, We don't have any fans, we have friends. I don't like the word fans personally. I think it makes it me like I'm like looking down at everybody because we're all in this together, no matter what you're doing, whatever right. side of the stage you're on, we're all about music and unity. That's what I find about the underground. That's my way of looking at it. I'm not out for rip-off, tick-off, tick-off prices i'm not out to be high and mighty or anything like that personally and i've seen a lot in my 38 years of doing deceased you know we've done a lot of shit and i know a lot of the bigger bands and stuff and some are super cool and some are some you know went down the wrong path and are just pricks you know but i'll just stick with the steve harris story as the one that really did it for me he's one of my idols i mean he's my biggest idol some of my other idols are outside of music like i'm a big harry houdini is one of my idols because he called out posers back in the day he showed everybody that this isn't really what you're saying it is you're fake. You're phony. And he was right, Yeah, because right. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was it's, looking it's, for
2: proof. He's like, I dare you to prove it, prove it to me. I'll, I'll be happy just, to pay it. it. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's, so that's
3: like, that's like another one of my idols. My, of course, my mother who raised us and stuff, she, you know, she did everything she keep. Like I said, she kept my sister. She busted her ass. She taught me right from wrong. You know, I still know that to this day. I didn't always go that path, but she knew, you know, in the long run, I get my shit together. And I've had my shit together yeah. for about 25 years now. You know, maybe a little bit more than that, and I'm I'm very happy where I am in my life. Very, you know, it's all about music, it's all about friends, things like this. Right here, this this makes my day. Just oh, having good. fun, shooting the shit, and stuff. That's all.
2: Well, we're happy to to have you. It's just, this is yeah. this has been this is enjoyable for us too. So, um, this Thanks. is this great. So, um, who are are some of your favorite, or maybe I guess we could ask the single one. If you could name it down to one, who's your favorite metal vocalist?
3: I don't. I don't know if I could do that because there's there's a few that are just so high. If I was to say who's the voice of metal and I'd love him, it would be Dio. It would be Ronnie James Dio. I mean, his voice was just th- that. If, you were, if you're asking what right. my fa- my favorite singer is and, and, and the rock thing, my, I'm actually a Paul Stanley from Kiss is my favorite singer. He's not he's not a metal guy, but he's in, a, in his day, not now, no. but in his day, <laughs> he was an amazing singer. Yeah. I always see that and for females, it's always been Pat Benatar for me. That's my that's my two go to's always. I mean you, yeah. you put on something like Kiss Exciter, the song Exciter, or something with the, some of the best Paul Stanley vocals, that's the topest for me. But I also love Ian Gillen. I love Bruce Dickinson. I love the old Rob Halford from the seventies. Those are some of my favorites. You know, then you get outside the box, you got Karen Carpenter, just as a music fan, things I love, you know. There's there's a lot of them. But I I would say it would be for for metal, it would be Ronnie James Dio.
4: Nice.
3: Um, Fair enough.
2: Have other musicians uh, reached out to you and told you how much your music has influenced them? Um, and if so, how does that make you feel?
3: Yes. I've talked with some people. I was actually just talking with angel from demolition hammer. He's the current drummer. And he was just saying how big of a deceased, you know, freak he was. And he's been coming to all these shows. He keeps popping up at all these shows lately. And, you know, that was cool because I, I respect the guy. He's a hell of a drummer and a good mm-hmm. guy. And yeah, it, it, you know, it's cool to be, you know, thank recognized, you know, uh, And and I always, you know, take that to just for what it is, as a kind word from somebody. It's nice. I mean, I bust my butt. Everybody in deceased does, but I mean, you know, I'm the only guy that's been there from day one all the way through. Right. Um, I bust my butt. I still about everything arranging. I still like to like book the shows. I still like to be the guy, you know, at the end of the night to get us paid to, you know, make sure we got the hotels and things. It's all important to me. I don't like to just point fingers and you do this, you do that. It's nice from time to time to get help, like things like that. But it's important to me too, because it. I just want to keep doing what I do because it's what I do.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about your creativity your creative process um so when it comes to writing music and lyric lyrics and stuff can you can you talk about how that happens for you your creative process
3: It's definitely gotten a lot better in the earliest of days it was let's write about grave robbing let's write about the end of the war let's write about whatever just gory things it was your I'm 15, I'm 16. This is what where my mind is. As I've gotten older to get into more, I, I look at death metal, okay? When we're talking deceased, I wouldn't say we are what has been known for at least the last 23, four or five years as death metal. When I was growing up, bands like Metal Church were actually called death metal. Bands like on Gold right. were called death metal. These were things that was even Black Sabbath, if you look at something like a sign of the Southern Cross from Mob Rules, it's 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 despair. It gives me a real vibe. And it's something I, I say from time to time. I don't get that from an obituary. I don't get that from a cannibal corpse. I don't feel like that like dread, that like just that sense of you know eeriness and that. Mm-hmm. And I want that the see so bad. And as we we first started, it was What rhymes with death? What rhymes with, you know, what rhymes with grave? It was just childish. And through the years, I think it really took form the first album luck of the corpse pretty much had a couple new songs that were sort of finding my way outside of that but by the time we got to blueprints for madness which was 93 i was looking more into real real horror like you know mental illness and things like that and that, that's that's kind of where i've been since and like the, just the real horrors of the world I, alzheimer's disease things like that just things that really are deep deep you know not not just yeah. your you know, we sure we did the zombies record and things. And that was, you know, fictional. Let's hope that stays fictional. Uh, but uh, but like like, like on, the, on the last couple of records, I guess, you know, there's been some like do- you can't trust anybody anymore. Like doctors you know, deliberately killing people, how, the, you know, just the world is. And I, I'm not a political guy at all, but just the way you, everything around me, I see just nobody cares. A lot of greedy hands, a lot of fucking just shit going on. Uh, there's, I have songs about parents killing their children you know things like that that's to me is awful shit it you know and I write about it right. i'm the happiest guy on the block but deceased has no survivors they'll never have a happy ending in any of our songs and that's kind of where the death metal comes in for us but the process i just kind of get ideas in my head i'll come up with a title uh mike smith who's the, the main songwriter he'll come up with a lot of riffs we're working on a new record now he came in with it uh, when we first got started this he said i got about 93 new riffs on a, on his phone and we just started picking and choosing. <laughs> I gave him the idea. The new record's called "Children of the Morgue." We're working on it now. And I started giving him these ideas and how I wanted this to be. And uh, he he gets it. And I don't really have lyrics until he has the the you know some wrist, and we'll get together. And I I always arrange it. I call, I tell him you bring it in, and then I will derange it, and we change things around. We'll 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 fight in a in a family type of way. He'll be like, I oh, know, I hear it this way. I hear it this way, and. It's gotta be slow and no, it's gotta be fast. You know, that, 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 that's fun, you know, creativity. Um, there's, you know, there's no, there's no jealousy in our band when it comes to writing. Me, him and, and our other guitar player, Shane, we just got together this last Wednesday. Our bass player, Les, actually lives in Texas. Now, just, just for locations purposes, I'm in, I'm in Pennsylvania. Our guitar player, Mike, is in Virginia, and our other guitar player, Shane, is borderline DC uh, D.C. in Maryland. So we go to Shane's, we set up, and us three jam. We have no bass in the room and we do this. And we just start creating stuff. And we, right now, we're putting together pockets of music, not sure where they'll end up. We might have six parts, and they don't all end up in the same song. You know, and then when I get that up home and technology nowadays, I can throw it in, I can kind of edit it, move rifts around without having to be in the room. And let's replay it and do this order of the this, this stuff. I can come up here and put it in WAV files and just, you know, move yeah. it to the computer. And as, then when I can take it back and you know, go, this works, it just saves time in the room. It's like just doing your homework. Right. So that's, that's kind of how it is. I mean, years ago, we'd get in the room, we'd all jam uh, for the longest time from around 1991 till about 2006. It was pretty much the same lineup then for years and years and years and years so we kind of got in a little you know formula for that stuff but since 2006 when uh, both guitar well mike doesn't play live anymore and mark left the band completely um we've had it kind of where we just kind of get in the room when we can and do things and when we do it we bust our butt it, it's, your head's got to be right to be in the room yeah, you know, but I, I, that's the only time I'm ever a dick. I'll say this: I think I'm 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 one of the nicest people you ever met. I I mean that sincerely. But if we come talking mu- music and stuff, and we're not all in and we're not all focused, I can be like, "Come on, motherfucker, get your head on right." And that includes me too. You got to be ready for that stuff. It's important. It means a lot. Right. Like you were asking earlier there uh, uh, that you know about just. Staying focused, you know. Staying focused, at, okay. even at fifty-four, and we and we don't write. Vic might know what I'm talking about here. We don't write rent records, <laughs> meaning we right. don't just throw eight songs together and call it a new record. These right. are songs that we got to be proud of forever. When we're long gone, these are epitaphs that you know will stick around.
1: Yep, you got to be able to stand behind your work. So,
3: yeah, because I I don't want to write eight new songs and go. Here's the record. Maybe one or two of them are good. I got to believe in them. We all do.
2: Right, right. See, Vic. Now that's how
0: you do it yeah you i know, know right? I, i've you just learned like that you'd be all right life.
3: damn it we're,
0: we're still waiting Vic. song. Yeah. yeah come on man you guys don't like my rent records
1: come on motherfucker!
2: Yeah. get it together yeah. No yeah, rent, rent, no
4: rent, rent. rent's too damn high <laughs> um all
2: right well can we another, another creative question um i want to look, talk a little bit about your autobiography stay ugly the life and your deaths of king folly <laughs> uh great title <laughs> by the way um because that was one of my boy bands that i wanted to be in was not too ugly um so <laughs> what prompted you to write your story
3: i was in las vegas i think it was 2010 and this guy named mike sloan approached me and said man you're a crazy motherfucker i've heard all about you drinking <laughs> motor oil at parties oh i was gonna to- ask
0: you about that <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll get i'll that's one about of my questions <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell that while we're going through this We'll kind of get okay. you there okay. we, were actually leave, we were actually leaving a party We went to this little get together Somebody else is trying to figure out where the party was going to be for the night And I was like, where's the fucking beer? And it was actually me and Dan Wilkler And we were sitting there And I said, give me that fucking motor oil. I'm going to drink that fucking motor oil <laughs> So I grabbed it And I popped it open And I just drank the whole fucking thing Straight down <laughs> Start to finish, one swig, it was gone. And then Dan took it and he put it up to his lips, and there was nothing left. So he got the little black ring right here. And he's like, Man, we just drank motor oil. I'm like, I want your fucking talking about it. <laughs> nothing in that motherfucker. Right? So, never got the shits, never got sick. I was wow. Fine. Seriously. We the night. I was fine. And then then a couple years later, someone said, Hey man, I heard you drank motor oil. That's a fucking lie. You're a fucking liar. I said bullshit. Produce it. I'll do it again. We were at a party in an apartment in Springfield, Virginia. They didn't have any motor oil in the house. I said, give me some fucking oil. So she brought me Wesson oil, okay, cooking oil. I drank that down, got sick as a dog, shit myself. <laughs> it was terrible. She's like, see, you get sick. I said, I never said Wesson oil wouldn't get me sick. But it definitely, it definitely happened. Um, well, anyway, so he was saying stuff like that about the book. And he was like, yeah, I've heard some crazy, crazy shit. He's like, I want to ask you a few questions. Could I interview you sometime? He goes, you should write a book. And I said, maybe one day. And we kind of went on our own way. And he took my phone number down. We were on tour on the West Coast. A few weeks later, I got home. Phone rings one day. It's the guy. He's like, hey, I'm really serious about this book. You should do this book. And I said, all right, you want to write it? You can fucking write it. So for the next, I would say, literally two to three years, he kept calling me in these three-hour conversations kind of like we're doing now just but getting deeper and deeper into each artery of you know stories and next thing you know he comes to me goes what do you think about this for the book and he, i said dude this is the most boring fucking thing i ever fucking read this is like a fuck, it's like a third grade fucking you know book report i said he goes I, goes I know it doesn't have your personality you gotta write it i said all right so now i gotta fucking do that i knew i was gonna end up having to do this right so i told my wife i said i'm gonna write this fucking Book so I got in front of my PC and I was you know took me forever to get started but once I went I couldn't stop and I and I literally lived it I I remember when I quit like I almost died from drugs I was having this like I was like my when I started talking thinking about LSD I started like sort of hallucinating in my mind or or like when my mother died you know out of the blue like I just got sad I was living the whole my life again and I was trying to be funny I was trying to be you know sincere honest uh sad happy just everything in there and so when it, i finished it the guy mike's like i love it dude but you left out some of the best stories i'm like look dude i can't be having all this these he wanted all these sex stories like he just wanted girls 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 girls, girls. And i'm like when your mom suddenly dies, you can't just jump to like, and then I fucked this whore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it was kind of like, it was literally like that. So at, 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 when the book was done, I said to him, look, you can ask me 50 questions and we'll put it after the book's done and we'll add it to the book. Cause he was like, I got the, man, you got to talk about when you're going to fight man of war or when you fucking punched broken open the face and all this. I'm like, then ask it as one of your 50 questions. And he did. And I told all those stories, but they got to be in their own in their own little, you know, world. Each one was their own thing. I, I had to make the book a rhythm. It had to have a nice rhythm to it. And I and I wanted it to be a, a Rocky Balboa, not so much an underdog thing, but just that, you know, you just got to keep getting up off that fucking mat. You know, I've had I, in 2002, I had a blood clot that almost killed me in my right lung. 2004, I had a stroke, which almost killed me too. Nobody knew what this was from. I was, you know, I'm not a I, oh, that you know fucking a motor oil, but, man. <laughs> it, it, well, I, I thought
2: that's probably what stayed my life.
4: <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, um, lubricated, in your, lubricated
2: everything for you.
3: Yeah, I, I, actually, the day—well, that night—that this guy came to me to do this book in Vegas. We went, we left Vegas. We were going to Arizona, and all of a sudden, I had this weird heartbeat. I was like, man, my heart's beating weird as shit. So everybody's like, ah, you're just hyper. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. So everybody was sleeping in the room about seven in the morning. I'm like, man, my shit's beating weird. man. I think I'm, you know, something's wrong. So I went to the fucking lobby of this hotel and the lady said, uh, said can I help you? I said, yeah, uh, I know. I know I, I, after a show, I mean, I look crazy now just talking to you guys, you know, but after a show, I'm like, you know, I'm telling her I'm not on anything. I'm not caffeined out nothing. I just feel like something's wrong with me. I feel like something's wrong with my heart. Can you call an ambulance? Don't turn the sirens on because it's 10 or seven in the morning and we are at a hotel. Just has somebody come here. So she calls the fire department. And of course, here they come. Ding, 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 ding. You know, all of it, you know, the whole fucking thing. And the guy takes an EKG of my heart. He says, your shit's irregular. We got to take you to the hospital. So on the way to the hospital, the guy's like, yeah, you have, a, you have a living will and testament. And where's your wife and all this? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm freaked out. So I get there and the guy says, you've got AFib. You've got atrial fibrillation. Do you know this? I said, no. And he said, have you ever had any problems with blood clots? I said, yeah, one of my lung and I had a stroke. He said, well, this is what caused it. And he goes, you've got to be on blood thinners for the rest of your fucking life. And I was already on blood thinners then. But uh, he said, you know, if you don't take care of yourself with, with this, you, you could have problems. So that's how they found out I had this, you know, uh, atrial fibrillation stuff. But all that's, you know, in the book, you got to you got to talk about all this stuff. And but you got to make it interesting. I, I didn't want it to read like a book report you know, okay, 1984, this happened, 1985, this happened. It needed to be a natural flow. And, I, and I'm very proud of it. And uh, when it was finished, uh, Mike put it out on his um, publishing company called Burn, Burning Media, Burning Horse Media, something like that. And we we printed a couple hundred and they sold out real quick. And then we did another press and that sold out. And ever since then, it's been sold out. I have people all the time asking for it, but maybe we'll reprint it. But at this point, I'm now a grandfather. A lot more shit has happened since I finished that book, I think 17. Uh, A lot more shit has happened, good and bad. So I'm thinking that I'm going to do another book. And I think I was going to call I'm a grandpa now. Because, you know, grandpa can tell (laughs) dirty stories. Grandpa can be the, you know, the nicest guy at the party, you know, any of that stuff works for it. So there's plans to bring that back. But yeah, I'm proud to stay ugly. And a lot of people, you know, came to me uh, and asked me about drug addiction and stuff, you know, on the side, not anytime anybody needs any help with that or just losing loved ones. You know, I've we've had a lot of fucking of, of issues with deceased people dying in the band. I mean, even as far back as 1988, we had When I, when I quit drugs, I took a year off. It was 87. We came back in 88, March 3rd, 1988. We jammed for the first time in like 10 months. I was healed. I wasn't doing drugs anymore. I was totally over my withdrawals, blah, blah, blah. We jammed our bass player. Rob had to go to school that day, college. That night, we were supposed to get together and party, all of us. They came by my house and said, you want to go? I said, I'm going to stay home, man. I'm beat up. First day back. Next time, I'll go, jam- I'll go hang with you guys. They went to Mark's house, our guitar player. He had to go out to dinner with somebody. He said, I'll meet you over at Rob's house. They started driving to Rob's house. They got a flat tire. Doug, our guitar player, got out, went around his car. First, he assessed the situation, jacked the car up, went around to get a flashlight as it started to turn into the night. And uh, all of a sudden, he heard a woof, woof. He looked up everybody that was with him was hit by a van
4: the first guy
3: the first guy was the only one to live he saw a van come over the hill at like 50 miles an hour he jumped up on the trunk of the car it whacked his feet backwards it's it just basically got his hips and flipped him his legs he lived he's he's still handicapped for the rest of his life uh walks with a cane but Doug's brother was there Larry uh Doug's brother Steve was there he died Larry one of our good friends was there and he died And, and Rob our bass player was there and he died and this was all on march 3rd 1988 and we were freaked mm-hmm. the fuck out i mean that was the very first day of me coming back and deceased is back you know i'm fucking drug free let's go for it so that's one of the reasons the album's called luck of the corpse when we did that because we always feel like we had this really bad luck with the shit because our first album was called luck of the corpse but you know that that and then we've since then we've lost we've lost two other drummers uh one one was sick and died and the other one dave just a few years ago he uh He drowned. He fucking, he drowned. So there's, there's that part of the story too. And you know, it's, it's a, it's a sad thing, but it's part of life. I mean, I tell everybody, no matter what you, how happy you are in things, life is life. It kills us all Mm -hmm. in the end, man. Yeah. So that was a part of the book I wanted to address too. And that's in there, but there's also triumphs too there. Look, I beat fucking drugs, fuck drugs. We got signed. We did things our way. We're not Iron Maiden, but we got to do them on our level. We get Mm. to get out there and be ourselves. We don't give a fuck. If we don't fit in with these fucking underground bullshitters, posers, assholes, dick wads, I don't care. I know I'm a mouthy motherfucker. If I go and play a show and there's people in the fucking room of other bands that are higher than mighty, we'll use Morbid Angel as the example. And they're fucking (laughs) acting like Rex and treating people like shit. I'm telling them, you're a fucking dick. Fuck you. I'm not in this for you. I'm in the underground. <laughs> we're all even. I don't give a shit. Like, we've played shows with bands. We weren't allowed to sell our merchandise within a, mer- a mile of the club. They're getting paid $2,700 wow. to play. We're getting 50 bucks for gas. We're talking maybe 20 years ago. And we're not allowed to sell a couple of T-shirts to make some, you know, toll money home, you know, things like that. That's bullshit to me. If you want to do yeah. that, go play with the Rolling Stones and Kiss and lick their ass. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? We're not, I don't want to play this big boat and little sea shit. So that's part of it, too. I, I talk about all this, you know, but I, I mean it all in the friendliest gesture. I just want everybody should just fucking get along and have a good time. And that's like what I got the most out of the book when people came back and said, hey, man, I've, I appreciate your spirit. You know, you're, you, you, I know you're pissed at this, and you're pissed at that, but you're fucking happy at heart, you know, because I am. I want the world right. to succeed. We all know what's been going on the last couple of years with COVID and all this crazy shit and just how fucking weird the world is right now. But we all got to exist in it, man. So let's do it the right way, man
2: right yeah. good it's good message so who would you want to play in the, in the biopic they're gonna make a movie of your book who plays you
3: bobby blotzer from rat <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, all right uh yeah uh no um i don't know uh i really don't know i, I always say that because we, when we we always announced the band i was saying i'm bobby blotzer from Rat." So I like, <laughs> nice, like that.
2: <laughs> nice. Well, let's talk about touring a little bit we, we always like to hear good road stories and touring stories so do you prefer like smaller intimate venues or, or larger arenas you know because like from a fan's point of view being close to a band is fantastic but you know like what's it like from uh, a, a band's point of view
3: there's a lot of different things about it. You know, when we first started our early shows with these basement parties and we got pretty damn, we were the local heroes in Virginia and we'd have 200 kids in the redneck fucking guy's basements just fucking going nuts. And it was fun. We're just kids and stuff. And then when you get on your first stages, which happened to us about our, probably our third year as a band, we started getting into clubs and stuff. And you're like, oh, look, there's a real PA. Oh, look, there's a place where you can sit for a minute before you play and things like that. And that was fun, but you still got to be up close and intimate. Then we became... Literally, the biggest band in town in Virginia. And we started playing this place called The Bayou, which was where we see all of our favorite bands. You know, Kiss was one of their first shows ever. U2's first show in America was at the bayou and uh we got in there and we sold it out and we was like you know here this is when i realized what the cease was going to be we didn't get a big head we didn't lose our cool we didn't become what we were against and uh yeah you go in there and it'd be like hey what do you want here's a rider what do you want And you're like oh man cool i'll take a couple gatorades you know thanks you know and then you you go from there then as it gets a little bit bigger then you get on these festivals and now you're playing with bigger bands you're on there you're like oh here's sacrifice from canada and you know blah 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 and you, you start doing this and it's cool because you're like look we're, we're coming up the ranks but we're doing it the right way um then it got to the point where we were playing like big clubs and going out and playing and we were like yeah it's getting cool but now it seems like we're a little bit distant from what we are you know like for example when we went and played valken deceased played valken october 31 actually played Vakken first but when deceased played Vakken, we played to like 30,000 people and uh I had t-shirts at the end and I like to think of myself as a pretty strong guy. I couldn't even get one t-shirt past the photo pit <laughs> into the crowd. Literally like you had to pass it to somebody who had to pass it to somebody to get it to them. So these people are like, you can't even see their faces anymore. Mm. So that was like, yeah, it's cool. Cause you're like, Hey, look, we're playing a place like what maybe kiss would play here. You know, And you would think you're kiss for an hour, even though you're not. And that was neat for what it was, but it was different. You know, you're on a huge stage, which is bigger than your every stage you've ever played on combined. You know, so then you go back home, you get you get back down to earth, and you do some more of the middle stuff. I prefer playing where the the, the arms are right up on the stage. You can get right in their shit. You know, I like to get up. I I'll, I'll pull if you got a if you got a beard, like see a couple. Of, you got, there's a beard right here. If Red Bull get his, I'll pull that motherfucker right <laughs> up. Pull <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? We do. and we, we this tour we did. We just did have mustache of the night. Between the songs, I was like,
4: "Nice, nice. I, was like,
3: I was like, "Ladies, you paying attention to this? Best mustache in the room." <laughs> so I like to have that interaction and stuff. You know, just when yeah. people stuff. you can cool. see each other and you, you know, you feel it, that's the best. But they all have their ups and downs. We went and played this festival in um, where was it? um Oh shit, the Netherlands. We were in the Netherlands and this guy said, "Can I get you something to drink?" I said, "Man, I could really go for one of them Fanta oranges, you know, in the can." I said, "Let me get a Fanta." He comes back and I shit you not, he came back with 200 Fanta oranges, like you rolled them in, like if it a grocery store. I said, man, I just wanted one, man. I don't know if there's, a, there's a, an English translation problem here or what? One, Uno. <laughs> but I was like band he was saying that like, people asked for this shit. You know, he that in that same I think it was that club or the one night before, Foreigner was playing there and they were telling us like their their rider was insane. Like we need 70 rolls of toilet paper, and you know, we need this and that. And you're like, it's weird, And you know, I just want to cold water you know if i'm going to move for something a little you know but more i might ask for a ginger ale (laughs) (laughs) that's it with us but to be up close it's always got to be about that it's the best it's the best
2: well that's great because one of the questions we like to find out is um what's in your rider you'd mentioned gatorade but did you have anything else specifically in your rider like
3: anything outrageous truthfully what's in our rider Absolutely. No Metallica or Megadeth played before we play or any time that day. We, we, we I'm, I'm not a Metallica guy, and it just seemed like this one tour. Everywhere we went, master, master, every night. I'm like, it's driving me crazy, man. I can't take it. Help me, help me. I was like, put that in the fucking rider. When we do get a water and stuff, I, I drink a lot of cold, like bubbly, you know, the bubbly seltzer water. That's as far as it goes for me. Nobody in the band really even drinks. Uh, Maybe Matt has one or two and Shane one or two. So it's not even beers, nothing. We don't really, not a big rider, nothing at all. You know, just something cold drinks. And sometimes they'll put some pretzels back there and shit. We've never been that, that band. We don't, we don't care.
2: Yeah. What'd you do with those 200 fans?
3: I don't even, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I don't even sit back there, like in the the dressing room. I like to hang out. Most of the time I'm in the merch area, just talking to people. I don't see, you know, except when I'm in their town. So that's where everything goes. (laughs) But our drummer, a current drummer, Amos, he's been helping out a lot. He got us a merch girl. now. for the longest time I did it. And he goes, King, you got to shut up. Because when you go on stage and you sing, you're done fucking shot. And I said, no, I don't lose my voice ever. I'm fine. But he's like, no, we're going to bring this girl out. And we did this tour just now with her. And it did help a 100 times. I'm still sitting there talking. But it's like... <laughs> It used. To, it literally used to be. I'd play I sh- I I'd, I'd, I'd be the merch guy before we played. I would put all the a, you know a fucking towel or something or you know something over all the shit we'd play. And as soon as the second we finished, I'd run back to the merch booth, sit down, and be like, "Hey, can I, What do you need?" You know, it was like that. So
2: wow.
3: you know that that helps like that.
2: <laughs> nice. <clears throat> so, uh, what's your favorite food to eat on the road?
3: Mm. I don't. I, uh, what do I? What do we eat? I'm a steak, I'm a steak and salad kind of guy. Me and Matt like to wander off to Texas Roadhouse and get a steak and salad when we can get away. But I, we don't get a lot of that stuff. I'm, I'm a low carb kind of guy myself. I like, uh, I'll eat that and like just burgers with no, I, I meat, a lot of meat, uh, things like that. Um, what else do I eat? We eat some string cheese now and then. Not nothing too fucking, <laughs> nothing great, nothing great. Yeah. Things nice. like things like that. I mean, in the morning I go get some bacon and eggs and stuff. Whatever's in town. Preferably the local, you know, restaurant establishment, some kind of, you know, cool diner and stuff. We found a lot of cool ones. Those in the Midwest, you know, things yeah. like that.
2: Yeah. So but yeah, most
3: of all, most of all, steak and salad kind of guy.
2: Nice. Okay. Um, we we like hearing outrageous road stories. So can you share like your most outrageous touring story that that you feel comfortable sharing with us?
3: Sure. I think what it would be.
2: Or you can share multiple. We love hearing these stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, we yeah, yeah, we got plenty of time. We got all the time. That, you know, we could spend as much time as, as you want. As long
1: as you're yeah, as long as you're comfortable being on, we got the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm cool. Um def- definitely I, I cause I have read this one. See as I get some insider information, I haven't well, followed say you. See what you're
3: gonna say and I'll see if I wanna go with that one. Just yeah, I kinda wanna
1: hand. hear I kinda wanna hear the story about Brian pooping on that guy's face
0: okay. We were,
4: we
3: were okay
0: i like we where we're, we're heading already
3: we went, to, we went to we played valken first october 31 got over there we got signed to metal blade and all of a sudden he said would you like to play the valken fest i said sure it was weird because october 31 had only been around four years then and deceased at the time had been around 14 years and we hadn't got asked so we went over there and we played and we had a great time we played at like six o'clock had a great crowd and we were just now the rest of the night's just hanging out well, Venom was the headliners about midnight, and uh, I said, we got to go see Venom, and they were telling everybody, don't get in the photo pit during the first two songs of Venom, because they're going to let all these explosions off, so we go over there, and I'm like, let's get as close as we can, and see if, like, you know, we can get the explosives on, <laughs> and me and were sitting <laughs> our drummer, I'm like, let's let the shit blow up, and let's just see what happens, and all of a sudden, we look behind us, and our guitar player, Brian's white as a ghost, I said. What the fuck is wrong? Now, this guy lives in Elkin, North Carolina. He's a real hillbilly, but he's the world's best heavy metal guitar player. And he goes, he goes, oh, my God, man. And I said, what, man? He goes, I have shit. And I said, what do you mean you shit? What are you talking about? Why are you ghostly white? And He said, I have shit. I said, slow down, dude. So I said, let's get out of the photo pit, man. We're going to get blown up. So we walk away and he goes, well, look, this food over here is terrible, man. It's making me sick. It's giving me the fucking runs. I'm sick. I said, okay so did you shit? And he goes, well, I went to go to the Don's John and he didn't have any toilet paper. He said, I couldn't do it. So I started to walk back to go get some napkins. He said, but the squirrel was peeking out of the tree. <laughs> so I said, All right. So what happened then? He said, I just ran over there and he said, but now that was a line. I couldn't get it. I said, what'd you do? He goes, I ran into the parking lot. I said, well, then what'd you do? He said, I pulled my pants down and I just shit diarrhea everywhere. And I said, wow. And then he said, but the weirdest part was, I said, what? He said, then a hand hit my leg. And he looked down, and this guy was passed out. And he said, oh my God. He tried to tell the guy, I'm so sorry, but the guy was fucking passed out and he was gone. So I actually put that, I actually put so he was freaked out from that. I actually put it in my book, and I said, "If the guy that this happened to is reading this, he's promised you a bottle of your best booze and you know a good detergent for the rest of your life." Oh come on, man! Wow. The, the, I mean, that was a... the, that was the Brian oh. one.
2: Um,
0: that'll make you quit drinking.
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah, he was. It was. Uh. You
2: know Some people get vomited on by their friends, but you know that's <laughs> yeah. a different. At least yeah. yeah, yeah, I've never shit on. on <laughs> yeah, you never shit on me at least, Red Bull. That's yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs>
3: You fucking yeah. Americans.
2: Most of the tour. <laughs> um, we were
3: we were doing some shows in Pittsburgh and uh in my in my crazy or crazy days, and we were over there with Emulation and uh Revenant was there and Ripping Corp, some of the bands of the early nineties, Emulation's still around. Um, and uh we were at this hotel and everybody was partying, we started drinking, and I said that Mr., that Mrs. Pac-Man machine sure would look good in my house. And they're like, what, that one right there? And I said, yeah, I'm going to take this motherfucker from this hotel. So I opened up this fucking window and I just threw this fucking Miss pac Pac-Man machine out the fucking window. Now, everybody, everybody in Pittsburgh is very mellow. They're very mellow. And they were all like, oh God, King's got, he's crazy. He's all, he's been drinking. He's all, you know, so I'm like, and I need that fucking microwave too. So all of this, all of this game room, so we go down there and we get it and we actually and we actually put it in the van. They brought it back and I stayed in Pittsburgh. And when I got back, they had fucking ripped the fucking change thing out of it to get money for weed or something. You're talking this is like nineteen eighty nine or ninety. And uh they they ripped the whole change off, fucked the whole machine up. But I ended up this guy said, I'll give you a thousand dollars. It was one of those sit-down this Man machines, you know, the two player ones where you know guy on each side. That that was crazy because to this day they still talk about that. And then uh, Sharon from Dirkada, who one of my best friends in the world, she she likes to tell the story. We were playing a show in um, Ohio another time, and I was drinking, and I, I decided I was going to eat a CD. So I ate an entire <laughs> CD, all of it—the case, the CD, the oh, tray—I oh,
4: And they're like, dude, "What the hell is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." I don't know. I
3: don't know. <laughs> She tells she likes to tell that one. Uh, October thirty one is famous for doing crazy shit on stage. We have you know we have these signs. Sharon Osbourne is a cunt. We hold them up, you know, <laughs> things like that. But I but usually at the end I'll throw out confetti. And I was shaking up this confetti and it wouldn't open, so I fucking ripped it with my teeth. And when I ripped it with my teeth, the whole bag of metal confetti went down my fucking throat. Oh, I was like, oh,
2: oh god. god, it was
3: a big bag of oh, metal, confetti. So the whole song when I was singing the encore. It was coming up, you know, it was, it was out.
2: That was pretty. That was pretty fun.
3: You could have like been, a, a, human been a confetti
2: machine in a kiss show. <laughs> yeah, it, like a, it was like insane. a slot machine. This guy's cashing out. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly. Man, what I mean, know, a, lot, a lot of shit like that. We played another October thirty one show it was Halloween. I told this girl go to the store and buy a half gallon of whiskey. Why? Just go to the store and buy a half gallon of whiskey. She comes back, and I said, now go get a fucking bag of Dixie cups, just little cups like this. So she goes and comes back with these little cups, and I said, all right, now here, this little fucking tray we had. I said, put 50 or so cups on there and pour a shot of liquor in each one. So we're playing. I'm like, yeah, everybody's going to get fucking we're going to party for Halloween night. We're October 31. And the fucking owner comes over. you I'm trying to sell liquor to keep this fucking club, motherfucker. Rips it out of our fucking hands. You motherfucker. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of my club. And fucking we walked outside. And, I was, and he comes out. He wanted to fight us all. He was so pissed off. <laughs> that one to me isn't necessarily that funny. But if you were there, it was hilarious because it was like <laughs> it was all agey show. We're like trying to pass out to like 12 year old kids. In. <laughs> oh. <laughs> was, First one's now we're not is that
2: man? <laughs> First one's free. That'd be a good, uh, good next. Uh, like, what
3: The fuck is wrong with you, man? He's done. Nice. Get outski. <laughs> What's the oh.
0: weirdest thing you've ingested? I mean, we've got motor oil, CDs. cooking oil, and a oil like, is, and there yeah. is there anything worse? Yeah. Is <laughs> there well, worse? Well, stomach. Yeah. Have well, you had long? Like a
3: goat man. My wife did make some pretty bad. My wife made some pretty bad soup one night. <laughs> Worse than she's motor a, oil. She's an amazing cook but this one soup. I was like, honey, this tastes <laughs> like soup. <laughs> I would know. <laughs> so what's your
2: preferred weight? Tend to 30 or 40 or what?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the green. It was, I think it was the green Quaker state. I want to say it was 30. I think it was. So I'm going to go with that. That's, that's thinner <laughs> for the, a the lightweight percent. oil. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> for summer yeah yeah better for summer months and it was summertime so (laughs) wow um okay well i I mean this question almost seems redundant um considering all you told me but all of us but um what what is your most spinal tap like moment that you've had on tour um do we even have one? I don't
3: even know. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't
2: know, man. You've told us some pretty good stories. Those are awesome. <laughs> I don't, think we, I don't uh-huh. think we have
3: anything like that at all. Like nothing that was like ridiculous like that. I really don't think there is one to, to tell you. Yeah. Which it's like your whole
2: me. life has been like a spinal tap. It, it.
3: It, 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 and truthfully, 85 to 90% of the time, I I try to make it like that i want to go there and make things fucking fun but ridiculous at the right. same time <laughs> yeah. it's always it's always like that i mean it's just got to be fucking ridiculous man <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's always, awesome man.
2: yeah well that's cool we did we
3: did we did do a um we went to play at this uh, club in buffalo it was the middle of winter and we we decided oh we're going to save a couple of dollars on tolls we're going to go up this fucking go around the mountains to get to buffalo from virginia well we didn't realize what well, we did realize so we were driving on it but we just decided let's just go ahead and drive through the snow. Let's just do this. We can do this. Well, we left at 10 o'clock at night. Okay. So it was about two 30 in the morning. We're at the top of the fucking, I don't know what mountains go up there. Is that the Allegheny mountains? I don't fucking know. You tell me, I'm not a geography guy. And we're at the top of this fucking thing. And I'm driving this van and everybody in this fucking van, it's a, it's a cargo van. And we don't have, we don't have gear or nothing because we're just going to go play on gear that's there. So everybody's in the car, everybody's drinking. And I'm fucking holding on for dear life. I see a sign that says, you're basically a mile in the air, ski lift, some kind of shit. And I'm like, we ain't going <laughs> to make this, man. The whole van starts sliding. Oh. No railing at the top of this fucking thing. Oh. The van literally went two. I would say, 48% of the way off the cliff. And I, yes. never, I was like, stop. Oh. I can get loud without moving. I'm like, listen, don't move. But when you do, go this way. Go to your right, or we're going to fall off this fucking cliff. The van was literally doing this uh, and we got out of the car we got out of the car and we're standing there. now what do we fucking do we're like i don't know and so this guy comes up this tow truck comes through he probably done this before he's like y'all are stuck aren't you and we're like yeah man he's like well i'd love to get you out of oh, hell that'd be great man 150 dollars fuck you we ain't paying you know 150 <laughs> see y'all later bye bye and we're like oh no 150 dollars sure sure no problem. So he gets us out and we're still stuck he doesn't bring us down the hill he just gets us off the cliff so we're sitting there, and I'm like, how the hell are we going to get down this fucking, this fucking hill? So it took us about three and a half hours to go maybe 10 miles. It was literally <laughs> – we were on all ice, and it, we were. it was the stupidest thing we ever did. But just to know that there's places – this is um 1992 maybe. To know there was places up that high with no railings around them on these mountains. Oh, yes. Yeah. Even that 30 years ago. It's it's it was still crazy. that way. It literally <laughs> was like, you know, one of those Looney Tune cartoons are like Wally Coyote shit, you know, we're fucked up, dude. We're all acting <laughs> on the side of the van too, if I remember
4: right. <laughs> oh,
2: that's that's crazy. Uh okay. Okay, King. What's the one thing you love most about being in a band?
3: it's hard to say uh, creating the music is definitely the top when we get when, the, when a record's done and, and when like this all came together and you think of everything it took to do that because for us right now it's a it's a son of a bitch between all my bands i mean for me to go to band practice it's a 300 mile round trip right now for deceased for october 31 it's a 1000 mile fucking it's five it's exactly 500 miles from my door to our guitar player brian's door to practice so we take all this shit and this and that and going down the road and getting pulled over by cops we're speeding we're doing this that this fucking night just it all comes flying back to me at the end and you're like here's the fucking record and you're if, if you're proud of it which most of the time i can say right. I, i've been proud of what we've done you just go man it's all worth it you all it's all fucking worth it that that and i have to include just playing shows like i said earlier just being in the face and seeing people fucking smiling and being a comedian in my own in my own right through my singing and my stupidity <laughs> that <laughs> we can just we can just be fucking funny and you're just you're, you're giving somebody a happy fucking time in their life man
1: right That yeah. that
3: all that's important to me man it's just the <laughs> friendship and like you know just meeting people like you guys and stuff just the friendships and everything it, it, it's all cool because this is what I do you know I don't collect gold watches I don't collect cars I don't cheat on my wife I don't throw you know I don't drink beer all day and you know all that kind of shit this is what I do I mean I love this interaction kind of shit
2: right nice excellent all right we're gonna switch gears a little bit and and we're gonna do some hypothetical situations here okay so an alien shows up and asks (laughs) you to represent metal in three songs what would those songs be and why three songs in metal uh
3: that's a good question. Three songs in metal, and why I would take nuclear <laughs> war from voivod as one of them because it's got all the noise and uh, and and craziness that most people think heavy metal is is noise because it is a noisy type of thing i think that would be a good thing then i would take something like a harder than steel from jag panzer where you get the anthem you get the singing and you see what the power and how much unity and just you know togetherness it can bring the singing the the big chorus and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then i would probably most of all i probably i would probably do this because to show how well versed and how good talented music and metal can be i'd probably take like a Would be thy name iron maiden something like that. I'd probably go with Children of the Dam because that's my favorite Maiden song, but mm-hmm. Hallowed Be That Name would be mm-hmm. the proper one because that's the one most would know, but just show people, look, these motherfuckers can play. Ain't a bunch of, you know, I've heard that from day one. When I was a kid, it was oh, Iron Maiden sucks. You should have grown up with Led Zeppelin, and then for me, it's Iron Maiden, and the next one, yo, you should have grown up with Iron Maiden, and it'll always be that way, mm-hmm. but yeah, just right. show them, like, look, this is just, it, 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 here's the noise, here's the fucking, look how good this can be, the togetherness <laughs> this year, and look how talented it can be too.
2: Yeah, nice. We well, you know Jag Panzer is recording a new album. Absolutely, they are. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, love Mark, them. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mark was on our show uh, a while back, and we're still on touch. Oh, and uh, yeah, that. Mark, he's, Mark told great.
3: me when we played, we played uh, Keep It True together. He said, um, When Deceased Plays, I'll be up front. I won't miss a second. And sure enough, from start to finish, there was that man right there, five feet from me, man, from start to finish. I love him. Yeah. I've been a Panzer fanatic since day one. I yeah. go on record, and I stand by this. Ample Destruction is the greatest U.S metal album ever made by anyone ever hands down oh yeah great. yeah
2: great man great man he's a super cool guy super nice so okay another hypothetical question here for you sure. if you could ask mozart one question what would it be
3: oh, I can ask mozart one question I, I don't know i don't know how what the hell i could ask that man um <laughs> you got me there okay know. all right that, <laughs> that's no problem it's, is your hair real? There <laughs> yeah. we go. Nice. nice. Well, You're everybody know. back then yeah. had those wigs. And if you look yeah. on the back of Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, it looks like those drawings of Black Sabbath look like they're wearing those fucking wigs, too. Like, you know, those old wigs everybody wore. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, wig uh, stock. Yeah. Like on that Spongebob like, episode. All the judges and stuff. It yeah. looks like Mike Easter looks like he's wearing one of those and Bill Ward and shit. Nice.
2: Nice. Right. So, is okay. your hair real? <laughs> nice. All right. Last hypothetical. If you could remaster or remix one album, what album would that be? We tried to remix the Blueprints
3: for Madness and we failed miserably. Um, I guess I would say, I guess I would say Fearless Undead Machines. The, the master tapes for that are lost and that's a shame because it's very close to being our first pretty good produced record. And it just a little bit of this and a little bit of that, we could get there. But for some reason, the master tapes, they ended up missing around 99 and we did it in 97. But that, I, I say that one.
2: All right. Now we're going to get into a uh, an area that you the, you are the... What, what did you say uh Vic, um mega savant was that his not a super savant yeah was, no level 99 level 99, 99. savant at uh <laughs> horror we're gonna talk a little bit about a horror so um what are some of your favorite horror movies absolutely um the first
3: phantasm uh, of course the ones right off the top phantasm the exorcist i love a movie called Burn offerings from 76 with karen yeah, black yeah. big on that one um Let's scare Jessica to death. I love that one. That was filmed in 71, came out a few years later. I think that's very dark uh and and mystical. love the original Black Christmas. Lo- love mm-hmm. that film. Uh that's that's one of my favorite um uh, some la- let me think of some lesser knowns that really stand out for me. One of the um, earliest
2: slasher films. That was like one of the earliest the uh, sla- you know what would be a yeah, kind of absolutely. slasher Black Christmas. Black Christmas, oh, uh, Christmas
3: is great. Yeah. I, I love yeah, I definitely love that one. Um someone one, the other one is I really love that stand out as horror. At the top of the list, there, there's, there's. I love. The, I also love the, the uh, Amicus movies. Be familiar with that company it was kind of yeah, like the, with the Hammer. Hammer. Right. I love all those anthologies he did from Asylum yeah. to uh, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, House of Your yeah. Blood. All, yeah. all of those mean a lot to me. Yeah, you know, uh,
2: there's a the one like with that uh, that Donald it. Pleasance and uh, yeah, from yeah. Beyond the Grave. Yeah, Christopher or uh, uh, Peter Cushing. Yeah.
3: yeah, from Beyond the Grave. That mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yes. And it was it, it, Tales That Witness Madness was another one too. They did. It was a lesser known one. But I love the Amicus series. You know, mm-hmm. I I'm a big fan of the 70s ones. I of course I love the original Night of the Living Dead. I think that's nightmarish as hell. Love the original Texas Chainsaw. So still find that nightmarish as hell. It's so then, creepy. Yeah, I'll Let Sleeping Corpses Lie is one of my favorites in yeah. you know, Spanish. Uh that's a that's a freaky one. There's there's bits and pieces of so many i love but th- those are the ones i think i would go like burn offerings let's care just to the death they're a little bit are known but nowadays things that aren't weren't known are kind of known too now you should yeah. look on the messiah of evils another one i love i don't know if you're familiar with that mm-hmm. one that's a, that's a really good 70s one spooky
2: yeah things yeah, like I,
3: that I, lo- I love the 70s horror most of all
2: i love trilogy of terror Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Know, yeah. That Zuni fetish doll. Jesus oh. Christ, man. that <laughs> scared the shit out of me when we, I was a kid, man. We, we have a, we have a song about that
3: on supernatural addiction. It's called the doll with the hideous spirit.
2: Oh, nice, so, nice. Well, now these, They little- sell the figures I- now. You can buy the figure. I'm like, oh, God, I kind of got to want that.
3: Oh, yeah. I have, I have an actual early um, model kit they did before they made the figures. Oh, I have a model nice. kit. It was a like, pain in the ass with yeah. that fucking hair on, but I did it, man. That's nice. Yeah. Almost yeah, yeah. Like, it almost looked like Rick James, but I did all right. <laughs> oh,
2: that's good. What's the most recent horror movie or TV show that you've watched?
3: That I've enjoyed or just seen? Oh, either both my my favorite newer horror movie i've seen i love hereditary i'm a big fan of hereditary mm-hmm. people either love or hate that one i love it. i thought that was some of the most eerie shit i've seen in a mm-hmm. film in a long time um as far as tv wise I, i'm not a am not a big guy for the series my wife will watch some of them she likes some of that american uh horror story and things like that i I didn't ever really like that stuff i'm still more from the old days i still love my old black and white twilight zones i still love mm-hmm. a show that was on in the 70s called ghost story it was one of my favorites uh those ones for newer horror, I just, you know, we see them all. Me and my wife are drive in fanatics. We see them all. We'll be there next week seeing, you know, the, the black phone and Nope and all those yeah. good, bad, or otherwise nope we'll looks really them. creepy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, <laughs> those,
3: hopefully yeah. it is. You know, you know, we see it. We see them all. But yeah, for the newer horror movies, I loved Hereditary, uh, a movie from a while ago. It's at least a decade old now, a, bank, a movie called uh, Lake Mungo. Not sure if you know mm-hmm. that one it was mm-hmm. a mockumentary about this girl that uh died, and, and there's a, there's a story inside of a story inside of a story. It's Australian. I really recommend that. It's a slow burn, but it's really really good. Lake Mungo.
2: Okay. Poughkeepsie tapes cool.
3: was another one. I think we saw the Poughkeepsie. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. that's a good. one. That's that's, a, that's an eerie, real lifey kind of one. Yeah, you know? yeah.
2: There's a there's a series. I think it was on Netflix or Hulu. What's the one with the the, the priest? Um, Oh, was talent. it? Was it
3: the? Was it the kid from um the guy from the Christine show?
2: I don't know. I, I boy, it was so good too. Um, was it the Exorcist? It, no, it? no, no, no. The Exorcist. No, it was. He was a. Uh, it was about the priest and the church and. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Midnight On the night. island, midnight. No, midnight. Midnight mass. mass. Yes. yes, have you seen yeah, that? That's it. That's, oh that's yeah, my wife yeah. Was watching that, my, yes. I was, that guy was
3: on the Chris, the new Adventures of Christine. It was the brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, so good.
2: Yeah, I'm trying oh, to get man. him on the show because uh, he was just brilliant in that in that role. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, I, I, yeah.
3: I, didn't, I, I didn't watch that. My wife watched it. She liked it. She said it got a little talky to her a little bit. Yeah, but uh, I, I like the New Adventures of Christine. So <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I'm a, halfway that's there with you. A,
2: that's a fun show. Good. <laughs> um, okay, what was your favorite Halloween costume growing up?
3: It's funny because I don't think I ever wore it because I don't think I would have. But I, when I was moving from my house on 10th Street 22 years ago, I found an Electra Woman and Dyna Girl one. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you remember that show, first? Yeah. The big student, Marty Croft, guy. Right. Um, the, I, I don't remember having any really crazy costumes. We just wanted to go out and fucking get candy, so we would do whatever. But somewhere I had Electro woman and Dyna Girl, and I don't know Excellent. if I wore them, If I did so <laughs> be. I nice. a trendsetter. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of Halloween candy, what is your favorite Halloween candy?
3: If I was that, okay, I, I don't eat chocolate anymore for years. But my favorite growing, I like. I still like the Hershey with almond bars. Probably that, and um. If I don't know, you guys are old enough for this, but do you remember the marathon bars? Oh yeah, yeah. They were a foot. They were you know. Oh, they were huge. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah. They yeah. had a ruler on the back of them. Those, right. that, that was some of my favorites. And I know they still make these, but they don't taste the same i like the old carmelo bars the old ones that were like yeah. this big oh. block and eat, you know the big thick blocks but i i don't really eat chocolate anymore i, yeah. I haven't had chocolate in years I, the ingredients I, I really have gotten have cheaper
2: cheaper chocolate and it's not mm-hmm. sugar it's cornstarch or corn sugar syrup it's not the same doesn't taste the same
3: it's not. i'm not i'm not a big candy guy I, my wife did bring me home some of those Reese's with the peanut butter with peanut butter in it and there's like the new yeah. ones peanut butter outside peanut butter inside i like those but I, I i don't need to get caught up in that shit yeah i hear
2: you man <laughs> yeah. all right yeah. so we're- we're going to switch some gears. We're going to, these are some one-off questions. They could be about anything. Um, all right. Who are some of your favorite writers? Some of your favorite books?
3: Edgar Allan Poe all the way. I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe. I've read a lot of his stuff. I need to go back to it. I read a lot of it when I was young. I read a lot of that stuff. He's been my favorite. I'm, I love Robert Block, who, you know, Psycho is one of his biggest. He wrote some of the stories for the Amicus series. There's some of my favorites. Um, it was a guy named, what was his name i forget his name but he did a comic book and he would always write these crazy stories it was called twisted tales was the name of the comic book i mm. think it was in the early 80s i want to say his name was i could be wrong but it was something i think it was dwayne jones and i know that's the guy that played night of living dead but it was i think it was the name maybe it was even dean jones which that's a Walt disney actor that did like you that
2: pc comics I think it was. Yes, yeah. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wrote mm-hmm. some really, some really twisted stories. Yeah. They,
3: they were they were more than just comic, you know, here and right. there. It was actually, written out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, most most of all, it's Edgar Allan Poe. i just just nice. uh, his stuff is just so weird. It's still weird to me. It's so ahead of you his know, time. We, I live in I live in outside of Philadelphia. You know, and his one of his houses up here, we went in there and we mm-hmm. saw the rooms where he wrote, like the, you know, some of the stories. And they have the they have the heart and the floor in there, and they have like his oh, wife wow. died there of. Uh, uh, nice. you know what the hell did she die from like it was a tuberculosis i can't remember exactly but i think so but i love yeah. i love them you know it's, it's that i'm not as much a reader as I more of a knowledge reader now i read tons of music books things like that more so than horror anymore okay you know? uh, martin Popoff. when it comes to music i love that guy he busts his butt and writes books after books after books so he's important too but more in a music thing there <laughs>
2: nice who's your favorite cartoon character
3: all-time favorite cartoon character would have to be I think I'm watching McGilla Gorilla.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, Yeah,
3: big, I love McGillagorilla. Gorilla. I love the underdogs. When I was growing up, and obviously you and me are the same age. Do yeah. you remember? Do you did you, you have the movie oh, theaters yeah. in your in your stores where you could go sit in, a movie, in the movies in the little movie theater like arcade in the store where you could put a quarter in and watch a cartoon? Oh no, I never saw. Oh. They had oh. like they had like Chili Willy and you know Woody Woodpecker and shit like that in them. They were a quarter. You'd sit in it and a movie would come on for three minutes. They'd have like the cartoon. Lauren oh, Nice. I got into oh, all cool. that, but of course, you know, I grew up with Scooby Doo. The original Scooby Doo was great, still is. I don't know where they went with it later on. Rapid yeah. Scooby and all that. Fuck all that. <laughs> we, we, it's been downhill ever since Scrappy Doo yeah. came on the show. It's on Boomerang,
2: so you can watch it, you know, and record it yeah. every day. So yeah,
3: yeah, I love all that, but I, yes. I, I love the I love the live action stuff more. So I was big on Ultraman things yes. like that. I loved Ultraman. I loved um even some of the cartoons too, like Marine Boy, Speed Racer. That's what I right. grew up Astro with. Boy. Like, digging in the sea monster puffing stuff. That's yeah. me. That's me, <laughs> <Nice>. Dr. Shrinker. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. I, 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 H.R. Puffing stuff always bothered me. I hate that damn flute. I'm like, just fucking break that flute, Tommy. Have, God damn I have
3: it. I have a replica of it here, Freddy the Flute. You? I love that. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. People don't know this, but they only did 12 episodes of Puffin stuff. People don't
2: really? know many more. There's only 12. Oh, my God. Episodes. It feels like forever. Yeah, like Lidsville and what they did. All yeah, them, Lidsville was... Talk about far out space, far out
3: space nuts flying solo. Yeah, that
2: was crazy stuff, man. Charles Nelson Riley driving around yeah. in a hat.
3: The bugaloos, what <laughs> <we> <laughs> call yeah, bugaloos. Oh man, they're yeah. in the air <laughs> and everywhere. New My zoo man. review.
2: Phew, man, that's, we're going back to ancient yeah, new days. Zoo review, I love it. It's yeah, fun. you see pictures of that now. It's like that's like fucking nightmare fuel, man. Those <laughs> costumes, man. You <Yeah. laughs> um, nice.
3: tell us they weren't high, but they were. Oh <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um, what? non-music celebrity would you most like to have a drink with
3: well i i met my 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 crush when i was young with cheryl ladd from charlie's angels oh nice i met her i got i met her she was super cool but someone i would really respect and and you know i'd like to like to have a fucking i'd like to have a drink with clint eastwood he's an old timer he's really yeah. very old obviously yeah, that'd but be great something about that man he's 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 definitely one of the last of the old school you know i grew yeah. up with the charles bronsons you know most of them are gone the lee marvins yep. things like that they're all gone you know the george scotts those are the ones so i probably i would say clint eastwood probably would be the one
2: yeah nice nice yeah. excellent um do you have any hobbies if so what are they i
3: um i i I play hoops when I can. I, lo- I love sports. I miss sports. I was just actually talking about it earlier. Fucking, uh, Vic might've seen my, my thing on my, my <laughs> basketball video. I put up when I, I enjoyed it and I had to splash him with a splash one, three in his face, but I, I love, <laughs> I love hoops. I love spending time with my wife and just my family. We go to, like I said, we go to a lot of drive-ins. We like to go eat in restaurants and we just shoot the shit. It's that nice. time of life. As far as anything else, I collect movies. I've got about 30,000 movies in my house. Nice. And, you know, I don't know if you yes. guys can see. Can I see, see behind and, you.
2: Yeah. I noticed the media. As, yeah. It
3: goes all, it goes all the way around this house. And then in the other room over there, that's nice. all, I, that's oh, all hey. I spend my money on is, is movies and stuff. When I have money, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't collect anything.
2: You're like chopped I, up. I, <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm real. looking over here.
3: Yeah. You can just see, I mean, Pat Benatar stand up. She got, I got yeah. the Jules doll right here. You know, just things yeah. like that. I mean, pillows right. like that just all all from you know the childhood shit growing up
0: blah, blah, nice. blah. Kiss we, al- shit. we always ask what's your uh, do you have a favorite piece of memorabilia mm-hmm. probably my kiss pinball machine kiss oh, pinball machine oh nice. nice. real yeah, that's yeah,
3: awesome it's, yeah it's right behind me i can't i actually can't see it i, I bought it from tesco v from the band the meat man about 25 years ago for 750 bucks, and this lady said he's selling it today. If you got the money, I said I don't have any money. I said let me check my. I had, a, I had a big Yoda piggy bank, and I went in that fucking thing, and I had 750. I had 751 dollars and 25 cents. I actually had five quarters left over, <laughs> and I, I thought he could have me. Goes, you're gonna need them. You just bought the pinball machine. You're gonna need those quarters. So and he sold me seven hundred and fifty dollars in quarters to meet to Tesco V of the Meat Man. I bought that then. I also had a Charlie's Angels one, but the paint started coming off so like they had the measles, so I ended up selling <laughs> it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, my, my Kiss Gamal Machine is that I also still have my Kiss Sponge from my first concert in 79. When they finished playing, it came out of a disco ball, these Kiss Armies. Shaped sponges, and I actually still have. Oh, that. nice! So it, it goes way, way back. <laughs> they were contraceptive forward. sponges. Yep. I think that's what they were prepping the yeah. <laughs> prepping the groupies. Yeah, they are curling up.
2: Yeah, I was made. I'm for surprised them. you didn't eat it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, eat a that's couple hilarious. of those. All right. Well, we're g- we're gonna play a game, our own game, with you. We got we got a couple of games that we like to play, and this one's called Blast Beats. And I'm just gonna ask you questions. I just want you to answer as quickly as possible. We're gonna have a series of questions. All right, real simple choices. Usually it's a, a multiple choice here. All right, hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Favorite pizza topping? Sausage. Paperback or Kindle? Paperback. PC or Apple? PC. Favorite streaming service?
3: I don't have any. Um, my wife has them all. I don't know. What's, uh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the one, that the, the big one that... Uh,
2: what was it? One to started it at all? Netflix. Netflix. Get...
3: That's it. Give me that one.
2: <laughs> all right, we'll give you Netflix. How so much I knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Favorite ice cream flavor?
3: Ah, uh, strawberry. Dog or cat? Cat.
2: Justice League or Avengers?
3: Justice League.
2: Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Bigfoot or Loch Ness monster? <laughs> Bigfoot. Dracula or Frankenstein?
3: Mm, Frankenstein.
2: How do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare. Your favorite movie snack? Popcorn. Favorite subject in school? Math. Least favorite subject in school? Science. Favorite board game?
3: Kiss on tour
2: board game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Spielberg or Tarantino? Spielberg. Your favorite Christmas gift? That i ever got yeah
3: my mom my mom put up stereo on layaway for me in 1980 when we had no money at all and we just kept paying on it and paying on and tuck it so i could have that so that and it came i got she gave me three records kansas audio visual uh the rose soundtrack from Bette midler and the Bee Gees uh greatest hits double album
2: <laughs> nice excellent nice. the best concert you've ever attended
3: ever black sabbath mob rules 1981 for arena and i gotta say mm. voivod opening for venom at the ritz in 1986 for underground shows nice,
2: nice. and wow. uh, that's what a crazy show uh and last what is your favorite line from this is spinal tap <laughs> or favorite scene i my, my favorite line has to be, they were still
3: booing them when we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I no, when he when dr- shows them all the drawings of the animals, and he says, oh, I wish I was this. <laughs> he
2: shows the <laughs> nice. I love that. All right, we got another game called The Hot Seat. So I'm going to name a band, and I want you to tell me your favorite album by that band. All right, Black Sabbath. Mob Rules. Judas Priest,
3: Screaming for Vengeance, Scorpions, Blackout, Overkill, Taking Over, Queensryche, Rage for Water, Iced Earth, Burn Offerings, Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love, Motorhead, Another Perfect Day, Carcass, Symphonies of Sickness, Dio, Holy
4: Diver,
2: Van Halen, One, Metal Church, Metal Church, <laughs> The Beatles,
3: all The Beatles, I would just have to say on that one, uh, it's hard to say, Meet the
2: Beatles, Halloween,
3: Part One, Keep Early Seven Keys, Rush, per- uh, Moving Pictures, it's borderline with grace under pressure now though lately Ooh, yeah. pictures. nice opeth not an opeth guy don't have one my wife we could answer that but she's not in the room so
2: okay. okay king diamond
3: i only like his first i like the fatal portrait it's the only one i really like by him
2: all right iron maiden peace of mind testament
3: not a testament guy. Okay. I'll be nice. I'm not
4: a
2: testament guy. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's why we ask. We, we we ask, you know, we don't know everyone's taste. So it's, Dreadful it's right. didn't
1: get the memo, so he apologized. Uh-oh. Whoops. Uh,
2: sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: How dare you wear that, Dreadful? Oh. Why didn't you give me a heads up, Vic? Yeah. Well, at least I wanted to watch you shirt, suffer. So. yeah, uh, I feel like there's a story here that we don't know about. Yeah,
2: well, it probably doesn't <laughs> want to throw anybody under the bus. Um, anthrax. It's full of metal. The only one for me. Megadeth. No Megadeth for me. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's on Forget his writer, that. dude. It's, on, mean, his, it's for... on your writer, man. Don't Sorry. ask Metallica either. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Don't worry. We got two more. And I know you're fans of both Slayer. <laughs> Show No Mercy. And Kiss.
3: That's a hard. That, I mean, I've been all over the place. I want to say Kiss Alive, too, but it's a live record. So you get a lot of other ones. If I had to pick a studio, I'll go rock them all over.
2: All right, excellent, nice. Yeah, you know, hey, you did a great job on the hot seat. A lot of people kind of ch- freeze up. That's why we call oh, no, it hot no, seat. No. I can go. Well, go you go, got go, it, go. man. You you are the savant. You you got the savant. It's going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to play a uh, pretty great game. This is called Name That Festival. All right. Deceased is playing a festival with two other artists. I'm going to spin the wheel of mystery to find these two other bands. Then I'd like for you to name the festival that you are all playing at. So I'm going to uh, share, share my screen here. It looks perplexed right now. Yes. All <laughs> right. King, can you, uh, can you see the screen here? I can. All right. So we are going to spin
0: to see which uh, two other artists you are playing with. Well, there went Willie okay. Nelson down. Uh, oh, share. Okay. Nice. <laughs>
2: okay. So, deceased. Share.
0: Okay. And we're off to a good start.
2: Yeah. Am I strong enough? That's <laughs> right. <Strong. laughs> if I can turn back time. Yes.
0: Maybe may a duet. Oh, yes. oh metal. baby metal. Nice. All right.
2: Well, baby metal. <laughs> Share and uh, very, share, baby metal, and deceased very are a playing a tour. Festival. The festival. <clears throat> What's the name?
3: Okay. Um
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I mean, all, it's
3: all it's all females except for us, so that's we should really be able to name something for that.
2: <laughs> I I
3: you stumped him.
2: The, now we got the hot seat. Now it's an in game. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no,
3: yeah, you stumped nope. him. No, for sure we'll call it the No Skiing Allowed.
2: Festival. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, that's okay. No skiing allowed. That's we
3: there we go. Okay, you know, yep well yep. yeah I, I, baby metal i, I mean I'm stay I know off the slopes kids. festival <laughs> <laughs> i was yeah. gonna come up with something with boobies and dicks i mean, <laughs> I
2: go, I mean. Well, that's pretty good too movies and dicks <laughs> okay, it's the, movie,
3: the, the sort of
2: boobies and dicks <laughs> <laughs> like there we go death, the diva and something else uh, <laughs> oh man well that's that's awesome that's okay. great pull um, that one out yeah yeah um we we always like to kind of finish up with, um, you know, since we've, we already learned what your favorite piece of memorabilia. So what are you just finished the tour. So what are your plans for the rest of 2022 or, or into 2023? Do you have like new music? Do you have another tour? Is there something else going on?
3: We're getting ready to play in Ohio at a festival at the end of this month in Young, Youngstown, Ohio. We're actually playing, um, God, I gotta forget what it's called. I call it the festival of illegitimate logos. <laughs> <laughs> like, illegible <laughs> logos. Um, a bunch of Gerbans and us. It's the last Saturday. We're playing the last Saturday of this month. And then actually something we didn't touch on, but they're actually a movie getting made on my life right now.
2: Oh, see, so keep- biopic. Bio I was asking who you want to play. What? So there's a movie yeah. I told. Yeah. So who did you want to play for you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually playing me in the movie.
0: Oh, oh nice, nice. It's, nice. Called, it's called king Nobody of metal do life better.
3: a guy a, a friend of mine patrick's been making this movie for almost 10 years um he's going to animate some of these stories you'll get to see the motor oil story probably through cartoon oh he's been he's been filming and we're actually doing this we're doing an invite only show in virginia on saturday august 13th um in uh at a place he's going to film a concert and some of the old uh some of the old uh Guys from the band and stuff are going to be there and stuff. We're going to have a fucking cool thing with that. That's that's the two things going on. And there's a possibility that we'll be doing a tour later this year with Bulldozer.
2: Oh, November, wow. That's the, that awesome. That, that be... It'll be
3: like around November. But that, that's pretty much, as far as gigs right now, that's as far as it goes for gigs. But we are busting our ass writing the new album, Children of the Morgue.
2: Nice. Yeah, so, with that, we're with Bulldozer, or would you be coming back in Ohio for that one? Yeah, is yeah. That a state. Yeah. Is that state side. Nice. <laughs> coming near the
3: That'd Cleveland be a, area because we're you a lot we're of the places. We just did with the accused, but we're going to redoing it. We're going to be going up to Canada for a couple of shows too, if it falls nice. into place. Which it should. Right.
0: Okay. Is the new All album so going to be out October, this year?
3: October thirty-one. October thirty-one. Right now, uh, to a degree, we're actually going through some some turmoil with that because our guitar player Brian as he's fifty eight years old. He's got the he's 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 no longer in the onset. He's in it now. He's got Parkinson's disease Mm -hmm. going on. Ah. And he's dealing with that. And I don't know where that's gonna go far with playing shows anymore with that. But we're gonna try to get one more record. And you know, he's he's dealing with a lot of shit right now. It just came on, you know, out of the blue about two or three years ago and it's really picking up steam now so he's seeing some specialists and things like that but we're you know we're busting our butt on that for him and we're you know we're, we're looking out for him and anything that can be done to help the man we'll definitely do it
2: right yeah that's rough man it's hard to hear that uh that's just not good yeah well king uh we want to thank you for spending time with us Tonight, and um we have had a blast hearing your stories, and uh just just thank you for for taking your time to be, to hang out with us. You know? Absolutely, you guys are professional. You had your little wheel; I could even see it here. Man, this has been the easiest <laughs> That's, it's, it's That's the first time anyone's, anyone's ever
3: called us it, professional. Actually, all the wheel.
0: <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the way you guys are fun you're
3: professional this is good you've been doing this a while i assume i haven't really seen it but i will go back and investigate now now that i know yeah not, yeah know. well
2: we're going to tell you where you can find us uh we've been in this about a year and a half awesome yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's, we've had a good time and you know you're welcome to come back anytime now that fall's mm-hmm. coming in uh chop top and i are do the horror stuff um and uh we're going to be having um some you know special guests coming in and and doing horror stuff with us, but if you want to come on and do a show with us about horror, we That'd would love great. to have you back on.
3: I would love to do that positively count me in for that sometime okay but, cool you know. well we'll
2: really, contact we'll after the show's over i we'll get your contact information and and uh you know we we'll definitely do that well speaking of it if people want to find you. Where can they find you? Can they find deceased online? Are you guys on social well, yeah, media? yeah, We all? have a
3: deceased page on Facebook. We also, if you can, you can come to me. I don't know how my friends are on Facebook now. It's usually right about at 5,000, but, but you can get in there. I can, you know, you get these people, these names in there that don't exist. like, you know, clit massacre. Who the hell is that from Chile? <laughs> like, we That's number Kingsley King Valley? My email is King Doomstone, K-I-N-G-D-O-O-M-S-T-O-N-E at yahoo.com. Anybody's invited to email anything they want. If anybody wants to come to this thing in Virginia, uh, by all means, send me an email soon. It's um, actually three, uh, four weeks from yesterday. It's August 13th. It's it's invite only, but it's free. Anybody that wants to come wants to be part of it. It's going to be a big film crew. It's going to be a cool thing. Anybody anywhere. I got some people coming a long, long way. We just played a show somewhere and some guys flew from India to see us. And I was like, you're crazy, man. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) KingDoomstoneYahoo.com, King Kingsley Fally Facebook, deceased on facebook you know and Good. we're going to be around if everybody wants to book shows talk shit you know have fun it's all yeah. it's all it's all there for the taking
2: man. oh cool yeah i'll find you on facebook and definitely send you a friend please request. yeah, do. yeah cool. you, know, you know what they'll do they'll
3: say this guy wants to be a friend and i'll bop you in and if it says it's maxed It'll, out don't worry about it i'll, yeah. I'll put you know cool. i've had to do this so many times
2: <clears throat> yeah no that's awesome that's awesome one last thing before we go sure. would you mind doing a bumper for us This is King King Valley of deceased, and you're watching and listening to heavy metal horror. You know, excellent. This is King Valley
3: from deceased, and you're watching and listening to heavy
2: metal horror. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. Oh man, this has been great. Thanks again. Um, Thank you. You know, this has been so much fun. We're gonna do our outro. We're gonna get out of here. So, hey, you can find heavy metal horror on unsayingradio.com. Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. On Instagram, look for Montag Lewis. That's one word. Our YouTube page, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast, if you're watching, that's where you're at. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And we're also on Roku. So maybe you're watching Roku on Hotel Metal Jam. So uh, if you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. This has been Montag, Master of Illusion.
1: Chopped up, Dread Bull wild card
3: and king valley and, and king valley
2: <laughs> and you've Fally. been watching and listening to all right King, bring up the horns bring them up
3: heavy, heavy
4: metal, metal, metal. Horror.
0: this is doug helbring and you have been listening to heavy metal horror the best podcast
1: that you've never heard before